Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But Jesus said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And Jesus said to his disciples, Make the people sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. The Gospel of the Lord. We celebrate the great solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Jesus Christ today uh, is one of the um, one of the most beautiful feasts in our church uh, that actually the Second Vatican Council said that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. It's an amazing thing to really think about, that the sacrament of the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith, meaning the source in that from which we get all things because this is Jesus. Jesus is our source. It is from him that we receive all the other sacraments. And so there we receive Jesus Christ himself in the Eucharist. And it is the summit because it is the sacrament of highest importance. It is the sacrament that everything builds towards. For Jesus said, he who does not eat my flesh and does not drink my blood has no life within him. So Jesus even said in the scriptures that this sacrament would be of the utmost importance. You know, we receive in baptism that entrance into the faith. We receive that sanctifying grace. We receive salvation. And then we receive an extra outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our confirmation but it is in receiving the Eucharist that we receive life. It is in the Eucharist that is like the completion of the sacraments of initiation. I know it doesn't seem like that because we receive uh, uh, First Communion before we make our confirmation, but it is really of a higher level of importance because it is what nourishes us on a daily life. The Eucharist just in case there's any confusion at all, I want to clear it up right now. But I'm pretty sure that everybody here already knows, but we just want to be sure. The Eucharist, the body of Christ that we receive at Mass, is Jesus Christ. 
When we say it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, it is truly him, truly God, and truly man, because Jesus is not just God. He is God and man. That's why we say the body and blood of Christ. It is his sacrifice on the cross that we receive. We receive his very life, his whole self. And it's amazing and kind of difficult to really grasp the full breadth of that, what it means to receive Jesus. I know for me it was kind of a revelation when I was younger, and I went through, you know, all my classes and everything like everyone else did, and I had learned, you know, the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ. I knew about that. I'd even heard the expression, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, you know, all these things were things I'd heard of. Um, and if somebody asked me, I probably could tell them the gist of that. But I didn't really, it didn't really kind of sink in an understanding that this is Jesus. I remember going to, uh, I was on a retreat in Steubenville, Ohio, uh, where they would do these youth retreats every year. And while I was there, we were at the time, if any of you have ever been to Steubenville or sent your kids to Steubenville, uh, it's, it's, it's a very big conference and they have huge gatherings in the gymnasium and everything. Uh, they have mass, they have adoration, they have all kinds of these uh, wonderful talks and things to teach uh, young people about the faith. And uh, at the time, we were out in like, it was before they had enough room in the gym and those other, anyways, they, they built stuff. But in the meantime, we were in tents. So we were outside and they had these big tents set up and hay on the ground and we had adoration outside. And so what they did is they had set up this altar, they had a little stage there, they had set up an altar and they brought the monstrance out. So the monstrance for anyone who is not aware of or never have experienced adoration is this, is kind of a glass casing with this golden adornment on a stand. And what this is meant for is in order to, the word monstrance comes from to demonstrate, the same root word, to show the Eucharist. So a host from Mass is placed in that little glass casing. And actually, uh, if, you were, if, you, if you were to come tomorrow, we're gonna do the Corpus Christi procession, and we'll actually be going in around the streets. So we're gonna kinda go around the perimeter of the church. So if you wanna stop by, if you're not coming to Mass tomorrow, you wanna stop by towards the end of the 10.30 Mass, you'll see us processing with the Eucharist around the church. You might just be interested in joining for that. But the Eucharist is placed in the center so as to show off Jesus so that people can come and adore. And I remember being at, at this retreat and as I was kneeling there, everyone was kneeling on the hay, uh, we were just scattered all over the place. And so they needed to, the priest was going to process through the crowds like you could here, you know, you have aisleways here in the church. And so they needed to make some aisleways so the priest could get through. So this lady taps me on the shoulder behind me and I was like, what, you know, and she says, uh, can you just please move over to the side a little bit? Um, Jesus is gonna be coming through and we need to make some space. And I was like, Jesus is here? <laughs> I got so excited, let me tell you, you know, like, what do you mean Jesus is here? And he's coming through? 
And then I saw at that moment the priest coming around the back, turning the corner as he was approaching, holding the monstrance. And at that moment, that's when it hit me. I looked up and I realized all this time, I never made the connection that that is God. That's truly Jesus. It's not just a symbol or a sign. It's not just some fancy words saying body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. It's Jesus. And I, I wept. And the priest came by and he's showing the monstrance and I was just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed at the presence of Jesus. And then when I came home after this whole retreat, and I was on cloud nine and I came to Mass on Sunday, and there we had the priest consecrated the Eucharist, and as he held up the host, I looked up and went, how have I been missing that this is happening every single Sunday? That's Jesus. I'm like looking around for confirmation from people beside me, like, do you see that? There's Jesus up there. Like, he's actually appeared, that was bread, now it's God. And then we get to receive him. And then I was just, oh my goodness, to think of that on top of it all. Now I'm actually coming, I've been receiving all this time the living God and I had no idea. No idea what I was doing. And it's, it's amazing if we really open our minds to believe and to understand this sacrament, that God would so, you know, already in his poverty, we saw through his life, you know, he was born in a manger. He was, there was no room at the inn. No one wanted to accept him and his family. He had to be, he had to be born in this, in a stable, right? And then immediately his life is on, they're on the run. And they're trying to get away from Herod, you know? They're fleeing him at every turn. And, and his, through his life, you know, people may have liked certain things that he said, but other teachings they didn't like. And then in the end, he submitted himself even to death. This who is our God, the creator of the universe, submitted himself to humanity, to his own creation, to allow them to do with him what they chose. And then on top of it all, God also lowers himself to the point of being made into food for us to eat. That he submits himself in such a, in some ways could be conceived as a humiliating way to lower himself down to be received by us, his creatures, to make himself absolutely vulnerable. Anyone could come in and take a host and abuse that host and it would be powerless to do anything to stop him. When we think about that, there are, you know, even today in the church, there are situations where people, whether it's that they don't know or that they don't care, or they're not really paying attention, 
you know, might, oh, what is this, you know, throw the host. Sometimes happens, you know, maybe after a funeral or after a, a school mass or other things like this where sometimes hosts get just left in the pews or on the floor in the church. Where the Eucharist is desecrated and left and abused. There was even a story not too long ago where a tabernacle was stolen from a church so that the people could take the Eucharist and do with it what they pleased. And yet God doesn't come down from heaven and smite these people. He doesn't come and throw around his weight and say, I am God, how dare you? But he still, even in those situations, submits to the crowds, submits and makes himself vulnerable to us. And it's amazing to see that our God would go so far so that he can give us the gift of being able to receive him. That he would be willing to undergo so many atrocities that happen around the world. Because that's the only way to make available his love to us in the Eucharist. And so I think, you know, when we come forward to receive, to think about how we might make ourselves vulnerable before him, to see how simple, how little he makes himself before us, that when he's placed on our hands or on our tongue, mm -hmm. that he makes himself powerless to us so that we can have the great opportunity to love him. You know, as you would a child. You know, just as if someone passes you a baby, that child is completely vulnerable before you, before the powers and strength of someone bigger than them. And we have the opportunity in that moment, it's a great gift because we can love that child. We can hold and care for and caress and kiss, care for that little child who is helpless. Or we can think about ourselves and not pay attention and could cast the child aside. The child would not be able to do anything about it. And so in the Eucharist, I'm, I'm saying this mostly because I think if we can see just how beautiful this simple moment God gives us is, that we not be distracted or, you know, walking off and just kind of, you know, okay, okay, receive the host and go back to my seat and thinking about all the other things that are going on. But right now, the creator of the universe the one who has existed from all time, always was, always will be, who is eternal. Eternity rests in our hands and on our tongues. All the power of creation rests there with us and makes himself available to us. It says, let me give you life. 
so that we can receive him worthily with love and adoration. And that's something that only we can choose to do individually. Only we in that moment can say, Lord, I want to give my heart back to you. As you've made yourself vulnerable to me and I receive you into my being, that I may be vulnerable and submissive to you, to be willing to serve your will, to hear your word, to be strengthened this moment in this Eucharist, to see just how amazing it is that our God has made himself so small for us, to discern even our relationship with him. As St. Paul says, that, you know, if we're in a state of mortal sin, that we should not come up to receive the Eucharist until we've gone to confession. That when our hearts are in that state of mortal sin, we have separated ourselves from him. And so we've rejected him, in a sense. We've denied him. And then how then can we in that moment when we are rejecting and denying him, force him upon ourselves? As though St. Francis said, as though the Eucharist was some kind of St. Francis, Pope Francis, pardon me, <laughs> As Pope Francis says, that we can sometimes treat the Eucharist as a prize. You know, as I came to Mass, now I got to receive the Eucharist. It's just what you do. Rather than discerning in that moment this most precious gift, am I able and willing to submit myself to God? Am I able and willing to let go of my sin? Do I have the humility to go before a priest and confess my sins so as to be made worthy to receive? Am I willing to live my life as the Catholic Church teaches? Am I willing to submit my every day to say, Lord, I am yours? Or am I treating my faith as you know, a, a general practice, one of the many things I do in my life? Receiving the Eucharist is a pledge to God, not unlike marriage. Very similar. Just as in marriage, spouses give themselves completely to one another to say, I commit myself to you unto death. When we give ourselves to Jesus in the Eucharist, we say, I commit myself to you for eternity, beyond death that one day we may dwell together forever in eternity, that I may rest in your heart. All of that is the pledge we make when we receive the Eucharist, the wonder we make and we receive in the Eucharist. That's the gift the Lord gives us today. So I, I encourage you to pray and prepare right now as we come forward to receive this Eucharist to say, am I willing? Am I willing to set my life before God? Am I willing to, to receive all eternity? To love and devote myself to him? To see as precious this one whom I hold?
because the Lord has made himself absolutely vulnerable to us today, that we may choose whether we want life and God or whether we choose to reject him. So today, let us choose the Lord, love him in this most vulnerable state.